Welcome to Rap Fiesta. Welcome to Rap Fiesta. What up, everybody? Welcome to Rap Fiesta. To Rap Fiesta. Rap Fiesta. To Rap Fiesta. Rap Fiesta. Welcome to the Rap Fiesta podcast. We're here with Diba Abershamchi, A&R at Unrestricted, music lover, big Frank Ocean lover, I know that, and a good longtime friend of mine. I'm so happy to get you on. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Definitely known Oren and exchange music for a really long time. So thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my experience and, you know, always love to talk about music with fellow peers and really lucky to get to do what I love every day. So I'm excited. Yeah, let's do it. And like, uh, you, I know you just moved out to LA. How's the new spot? The new spot's dope. Um, you know, I'm from New York originally. So coming to LA was definitely a big change, but I feel like this is definitely the place to be um, when it comes to working in music. A lot of creatives are out here. And of course, there's communities all across the country where, you know, a lot of amazing music magic can happen, but definitely found that being here has given me a lot of opportunities and opened do- a lot of doors for me. So yeah, it's been awesome. I've been out here for about a year and a half and just still getting used to it, but love, you know, I love being a New Yorker in LA. So <laughs> I'll say that. Literally in the creative hub of the world right now. That's awesome. So let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. Cause I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are follow our page are independent artists and they always hit us up about A&Rs if we know any and things of that nature. So I want to ask, just so you can lay it out, what what is, what is the role of an A&R? What exactly is an A&R? So what I love most about A&R is I think that it's really not your typical nine to five job where your tasks are laid out for you. It's 100% what you make it, meaning that, um, you know, it's most important, like how you help others and lift others up. So, you know, just to start off on a very basic level, A&R stands for artists and repertoire. And that ranges from anything between, you know, scouting talent and signing songwriters, producers, artists, and just finding, you know, talent that really is special, but it, it goes a lot beyond like, okay, can you make good music and really has to do with like, okay, Can you foster a fan base? Do you have people who care about you? Are you putting in the work every single day to hone your craft and also, you know, hustling to connect with others and like-minded creatives and also just to like really build your fan base in a way that's actually authentic and genuine because I think the industry has changed a lot in the past 10 years where it used to be that, you know, if you have, um, you know, what it takes to make a hit, hit record and you have the writers in the room and the right producers and you put out a song, like, great. But now it really is like, okay, how do you come up as an independent artist? Are you like putting in the effort to hone in on, you know, building a fan base? So that's what I focus on the most as an A&R is, you know, putting the music first, but also remembering that it's really the artist behind the music that people are going to care about and be fans of at the end of the day. You know, how are you going to convince people to sell out your shows and buy your merch and really be a part of the whole journey. So that's been something really interesting to learn um, that, you know, it, it's really about the music, but it's also more than just the music. And then the other side of being an A&R is really getting to know these artists, making relationships, getting to know songwriters and producers and being a dot connector and knowing, you know, bringing people together that are going to make magic together and just kind of 
being that facilitator and then also having an understanding of the music landscape enough to, you know, more than just having an ear for music, being able to really tell an artist or a songwriter or a producer like, hey, like this song is dope. Like I think um, change the drum pattern here or have you thought about like, you know, bringing down the tempo a little bit and turning it into more of this song, but also understanding that the artist or the songwriter, or the producer, That's the creator. I was gonna ask you, have you been sitting in on sessions like during the creative process with these artists? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, being a part of sessions is probably one of my favorite parts. Um, obviously during the pandemic that kind of simmered a little bit and sessions, you know, switched to Zoom. So shout out to all the artists, songwriters, producers who are hustling and, and getting used to the whole Zoom thing. It's really not easy, but there's people that really made it work and, and found a groove. And there's other people who were like, I can't do this. I need to feel the energy in the room. So I'm sure it's been tough for everybody, but yeah, it's starting to pick back up again now that people are getting vaccinated and being in, in, in those sessions is probably my favorite part because I do pride myself on having a good year, but I wish I had, you know, more of an understanding of music theory, which is something I'm constantly working on every day to just be a better A&R and have productive suggestions that aren't just like, hey, this is good, or hey, like, mm, yeah. not my thing. I always, really I always wonder, like, how people offer their input to artists in the studio and how they take it. Especially, like, in your case, if you're... Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, I like this, but, you know... Like you could do say, like things things like that. Yeah, I would say like reading the room and knowing, you know, when to kind of like give your suggestions and when they're not really welcome. Cause at the end of the day, like the creatives in the room are the people making the magic. And as much as they want your help, like you need to know when that's welcome and when it's not. And when you just kind of got to stand back and let them do their thing and just be more of a supportive role. So I think it's a lot of also like psychology and just knowing like when it's your place to suggest things and when it's not. And I think getting to know people on a personal level and knowing like how they work with criticism or how they work with suggestions and, and kind of knowing like, you know, how to be the most helpful and not just like, you know, talk to be heard, you know what I'm saying? So it has to really be a productive suggestion rather than just, you know, inserting yourself I'm, where I'm, you're I'm not welcome. So it's hard. been an interesting. It sounds hard to be an A and R in these What'd days. You say? Your job sounds hard. Like all the things you listed, everything you have to do, it's like a lot of responsibility. You need to maintain so many relationships with artists and critique their music and hope they don't get pissed off at you. Cause you know, artists are like like that, <laughs> like making an making a song is like your child. And when someone disrespects it or in any way or critiques it, some people don't know how to react. And like I don't know, I think that's really cool right. that, in that spot. Yeah, that's why like when people reach out to me um, for the first time, like I really appreciate it because it's like you're sharing, you know, your child, your, yeah. you know, <laughs> your prized possession, which is your music. And I'm not just going to come in here and be like, yo, change this when like you didn't ask me for any suggestions. So what I like to do is say like how I feel about the song, how the song made me feel, tell them something I do love about it. And then I say, if you'd like to hear more like in-depth feedback i'm happy to hop on the phone and if they don't take me up on it then that's totally fine they just want to share their music and have me be aware of them that's great i know my place but if they're like yeah i'd love to get on the phone with actually really don't know if the song is where i want it to be can you help me you know get it to that place then of course i'll get on the phone and you know share with them in like a 
respectful and constructive way what I think but I would never just like insert it upon someone who doesn't want to hear it you know because it is it is subjective music is subjective and I think there's times where there's things that can be made better that are just more pleasing to the ear but it's not really my place to change someone else's trajectory or path that they're of the of their music making so that's awesome like their thing what is your day-to-day like at unrestricted your nine to five, let's say. Yeah, so we, um, so Unrestricted, just to give you a little background, is kind of like a boutique publishing company. So we have a small but mighty roster of songwriters, producers, and artists that I feel so blessed to work with every day. And um, a lot of my nine to five is coming up with session ideas for them. And, you know, like I said earlier, being a dot connector and helping plug them into the right rooms and connect them with people that I think they'd really vibe with, whether those be artists or maybe um, co-writers. And then also is, you know, scouting. So finding more up and coming unsigned songwriters, artists, and producers that we can bring on and first developing a relationship with them because I think the most important thing is to not treat it like it's a transaction or just like a business deal and really just like you know, these are people's careers at stake. So we need to really make sure that it's the right fit. Sometimes there's someone that we think is so talented, but we're like, maybe unrestricted isn't the right home for them. Or maybe, you know, we are the exact right partner that they need to help propel them and lift them up. Um, and, you know, let them do their craft and stay out of the way when we need to, but, you know, really come in to help lift them up and, and give their career that boost that they, that they want and need. So yeah, it's a mix of that. And then most recently, I started assisting one of the producers on our roster. So just working really closely with him. He's probably my, like, you know, the client I hone in on the most and getting to just have him as a mentor too has been amazing. So, yeah. That's sweet. I was, uh, I was reading up on you actually. Is that producer John Cunningham? Yes, it is. Um, he's literally one of my favorite producers. And I always say that his, Music has shaped my taste so much. And yeah, getting to work with him has been like an absolute dream. He's like a true genius at such a young age. So he's produced yeah, it's awesome albums. He worked, from on him. A, worked on X's album, produced some Billboard songs on there. That's pretty big. That's dope. <laughs> and um, really big. I mean, the best part about that I respect the most is that he's an executive producer in like the truest sense of, of the term. And he really, really just, he's not just like, okay, I'm going to go in the studio and make this beat and dip. Like he fosters real relationships with the artists he works with and him and X were extremely close and just hearing the stories that he has about X obviously is just, you know, such a gift to be able to like, you know, live through those stories. And, and, and he's really amazing at making sure that X's cares, um, legacy carries on. So it's an honor to work with him. That's awesome. And is there any artist that you're, managing let's say or anyone that you're looking to like choose as another client to hone in on as well um so right now i'm always developing relationships but most recently i've started kind of like helping out um i would say like quasi managing um an artist her name is zohara she's incredibly talented and she's you know already had an impressive career yeah, yeah. She's already had a really impressive career. You know, she has a song with Griffin out. Um, and her first time performing it was actually at Coachella in front of 50,000 people was her first time performing Crazy. ever in front of a crowd as an as an artist. 
Um, I saw the clip. So yeah, she had a really impressive oh, career. Yeah, Zahara yeah. is dope. She is so dope. Um, and yeah, so I've just been helping her with all the tools that I know. I'm still like figuring it out, you know, like, so that's why it's kind of this like quasi management situation because she's been a friend of mine since we were probably like 14. Yeah. And so, you know, getting to work with my friends has always been a dream. And like knowing that like, you know, I have tools to help her out and she has so much to teach me. We're kind of like in this together. And my partner also, um, who is one of my best friends from college, we kind of quasi manage her together. And it's been an amazing relationship so far. We've already had some exciting session set up and you know brand deals on the surface and just things that are coming about just that have taught me so much about like what it takes to manage an artist and just to help people win so That's i love that we're in this all together. Ah, awesome. and you probably get hit up so much as an anr like by random people in your inbox emails i know we do at rap fiesta so i'm wondering what is the most annoying way that people hit you up that's an amazing question um Okay, so one thing is I always understand that there's like, you know, I'm an A&R, so I'm lucky to be in this position and everyone who reaches out to me, I give them the benefit of the doubt because it's like, yeah, you're trying to hustle, you're trying to get your music out there. But one thing that really grinds my gears is when people say like, hey, like I'm gonna be the next oh, yeah. Drake, I'm gonna be the next this, I'm gonna be the next that. I'm like, listen, like, first of all, just be you like there's nothing wrong with you know being an authentic artist and having your own lane and having your own space so like why are you trying to impress me by saying that you are the next someone else like you know first of all like every artist who's in the game right now i'm sure wants to be known as like the only them you know they don't you don't want to take away from their artistry and craft and two like you have your own path too so why don't you just hone in on being a unique version of an artist and bringing something new to the table. So it kind of just like already sets me off when people say that. And I understand the intention is like, you wanna like put yourself in a lane and help me understand like where you're trying to go. But I think there's other ways to say that. You could say that you're really inspired by, you know, to kind of be like next is like, all right, bro. Like you know, <laughs> just focus on being you. <laughs> If you're a really dope artist and you got a little bit of traction going on, what is the best way to hit up DBAT on Restricted? How do I, how do I, how does it get how do they get your attention? Um, I think the most like valuable way that people have hit me up in the past is talking specifically about something that I do or I've done or getting making an effort to actually find a genuine way for us to connect that isn't just like a you know, copy paste, you inserted my name type of thing. So again, I'm not saying everyone needs to know any, everything about me, but, you know, bring something to the, to the table that shows me why this will be a symbiotic relationship and how we're going to help each other. Cause I, I love to help people. That's why I'm in this role. So if you tell me a way that makes sense for us to work together, whether that be like, Hey, I have this song that, um, I really want your thoughts on and I think what you're doing is dope or just you know inserting something specific that makes me know that you didn't just copy and paste this and send it to every single A&R because you know I think that's how I did a lot of my reach out when I'm trying to connect with you know either higher ups in the music business or even fellow artists that I'm a fan of I don't just say like hey you're dope I'm an A&R like can we get on the phone I talk about 
what I love about him, you know, like, hey, like this part was so special to me. Like, how did you do that? I'd love to learn about like, you know, how you came up with that lyric or just, you know, something about their craft. And I think for artists, they know that that means the world when you're at, talking about something specific versus just like a general generic message. So I think it goes both ways. That's, that's good advice because a lot of artists shoot themselves in the foot when they come off as generic. Like if you can, if you're dissecting like an incoming message that's coming to you and you can decide that this message is not tailored to me specifically, that just says like, oh, you didn't put in enough work. You know, you didn't put in enough work to reach out to me properly. So you're not going to consider them. So that that's a lot of, that's a great thing that people can take note of. And uh, I want to ask you too, what made For you sure. want to get yeah. into the field of a and Um, It's interesting. So I always loved music and I always prided myself on kind of being um, someone to discover artists before they popped off. And I know a lot of people say that, but I just loved like finding underground artists and, you know, listening to them before they um, kind of blew up and I would always show my friends. And so I didn't even know that there was really an avenue to pursue this as a career. And once I found that out, I was like, all right, this is what I need to do. Like, I love to help people. I love to show other people new artists. And, you know, I was always someone thinking of ideas too. Like I was like, wow, I wish I could talk to this artist and tell them that it'd be so dope if they came out with like a clothing line that had to do with oh, this song yeah. or, you know, like, so I was always just thinking, with that kind of brain. And I realized that A&Rs are really the people out there on the streets getting to know artists and fostering real relationships and that have the power to help and develop them. And, you know, I also realized that at, there was a lot of like, you know, talk about like, oh, do artists even need labels anymore and things like that. But I think if you have the right team and the right people um, in your circle, they can be extremely useful and, and they can really help lift you up and bring ideas and just, you know, connect you to the right people because everything's a domino effect. So once I kind of realized that, um, I started just trying to see how I could break my way into the industry and thankfully was given an amazing opportunity to work with Unrestricted and have been there ever since for a year and a half. And I feel like I've learned so much. There was so much I didn't know before this, you know, I was just a girl with a good ear and someone who I, th I, I thought I had really great taste and I wanted to use that to help others, but I had no prior A&R experience. So I thought, you know, how am I going to make it in this industry? But you realize that all you really need is an, a good ear, a passion for music, a willingness to help people and, you know, a willingness to learn and just get in there and hone your craft and, and learn how to help others win. Oh, that's useful because a lot of people don't know how to get into it, get into that industry at all, you know, and they're always looking for A&Rs. How do I get in touch with one? What does it take to become one? So I'm blessed that I can get you on here to explain this, these type of things. But I have an even more important question. Are you still the biggest Drake fan in the world? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is a tough one because I, yes, everybody, just a disclaimer. I The biggest Drake fan. I was known for the biggest Drake fan in the world Easy. but one thing that I really wanted to like do when I was entering the industry was make sure that that was not like how people knew me anymore meaning I didn't want to just be defined as like oh she only likes this artist because I feel like that puts you in a box yeah. and then maybe people think that they can't send me their indie songs maybe they think that they can't send me like you know their 
pop or rock songs. Like I was like, I don't want to only be known as like one artist lover. Like I have such a wide variety of tastes. Like I, you so know, tell, so. Tell us who you're listening to right now too. Um, Who's in the top okay, five, well, top three? What'd you say? Who's in the top three on rotation right now for you? Ooh, that is really tough. I would say number one is definitely Baby Keem. Um, I have loved him for a while. Um, I've been watching his journey and it's been so exciting to see. And I just think that Die For My Bitch is like one of the most amazing rap albums I've heard in a while. I went to his concert alone and like it was straight up like the best rap show I've seen in a long time. And like, I just love his energy. I think, you know, he has a really bright future knowing that he's really versatile. Um, so I'm really excited to watch him continue to grow. Um, I also really love I Am Dochi. Um, she's a dope female artist. Um, I don't even like to say female artist because she's just an artist, you know, like she's literally like a rapper, an artist, a singer. She's everything. She's a creative director. She's a choreographer. Um, and she's really on the come up right now. So I'm excited to watch her continue to grow because I think she has the most like infectious energy and like she's going places for sure. And if, if anybody is watching this, um, they should definitely watch her music video for her new song. Or it's actually not new. It's been around for a little bit, but um, Yucky Blucky Fruitcake, Go Peep It, amazing video. She creative directed the whole thing. It's really dope. Um, and then who else? Um, I, about new artists. I mean, there's so many new artists that I love so much. Um, but I mean, I've always been a big Claro fan. I love her a lot. Um, I just got put onto her and I can't stop seeing that one song that blew up on. I'm sure she has many songs that blew up on TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even remember right now. I'm blinking out. But no, she is it's so, fire. Yeah, probably. Is that the one? How does it, She's so fire. Right um, it's so good. Yeah, I went to her concert um, like before she even had her Immunity album out. And at the time I was like into her, but not like the most massive fan at the time. And then like when she came out with Immunity, which was produced by Rostam um, from Vampire Weekend. And like, it is just crazy front to back, like, yeah, I mean, Sophia is obviously the one that popped off on TikTok, but the whole album is amazing, and she oh, is. That's a nice top three that I don't think anybody would ever guess. It's like, what is like yeah, a crazy experience you've had in the studio so far? Like anything very memorable that you'll like, you won't forget. Hmm. Um. I would probably just say, I mean, like, I can't necessarily speak on the <laughs> the artists that I've been in the studio with but um I mean there's so many amazing artists that I get to witness um just doing their thing in the studio and it's honestly just crazy to be in a position where there's someone that you idolize so much and I think knowing that um they're real people too and that they're human and like someone that you put on such a high pedestal like also goes through the same things that we do they have their doubts they you know maybe they have a bad take and they start like kind of doubting themselves or they don't feel like they're in a good headspace and then you really realize like they're putting themselves on the line and putting their art out there and like 
it's so real what they have to go through to get to that point. And even the artists that come off the most confident on Instagram, like moments where, you know, they're working on an album and they, you know, go back and they're like, damn, is this even like, is this album even good? You know? And like, you're, when I hear that, I'm just like, oh my God, how do they, that? like this album is amazing. And you just remember like, it's their art and they have all these thoughts running through their heads. So just kind of seeing them raw in the studio and understanding that like, they're real people that overthink shit, that have doubts, that start second guessing and questioning their craft. Um, it reminds you that as an artist, like if you have those moments too, that's so real and that's so okay. And you know, it's a process that we all go through as creatives. When, when you're doing a deep dive on an artist, are you looking at their social media and seeing like how many followers they have or, you know, even if you, if even these followers are fake or real or checking streams and numbers like that, or is it solely like you hear a song you think is so dope and like you just need to get in touch with that artist and nothing else matters? Like, I, I really wonder how, you know, how like in depth you guys are like scanning over artists to see what's the perfect match for you guys? Um, that's a really good question. And one thing I want to make clear, which I think is really misunderstood about ARs and how scouting works is that people think that it's like really superficial that like you need to have this many followers or like you need this or that. But um, one thing that's misunderstood is that it's not like, oh, you need this many followers because of the clout. It's that, you know, we want to just see that even if you, even if you have thousand followers but they are the most engaged they're your cult fan base they're commenting on every single picture they can't wait for your next drop that's so much more important than having fifty thousand followers but none of those people care yeah. so that's about like the superficiality of numbers and it's more about like how engaged are you with your fans and how engaged are your fans with you and are you fostering like a real connection with them are you doing lives where you're answering their questions are you you know, going out of your way to make sure that, you know, um, you're interacting with them, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram. And, you know, of course, there's times where I come across people that have an amazing song that makes me feel something, but maybe have like, you know, a thousand followers. And to those people, I honestly just reach out and I say like, yo, you're dope. I really love this song. This is what I love about it. And I just, you know, make sure that I let that person know. And if they want to foster a relationship with me, great. Then we can keep in touch. And you know, I'm always happy to be like someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, but I never judge, you know, like if that person has, you know, crazy followers or anything like that, because everybody starts somewhere. So just letting that person know, I think what they're doing is dope might be the fuel for them to keep going. So if that's the role I can play at an early stage in their, in their career, that's great. And maybe down the line, um, they'll remember me as, you know, someone who, reached out super early on and like showed love before they had their big pop-off viral TikTok moment, you know? So it's about really showing love when it's real. Um, and yeah. That's what's up. No, that's, that's a dope thing to hear. I'm, I'm happy that that's the case for A&Rs, like not, not just factoring in that, okay, this person has so, like this many followers and that's the cutoff. Like that's a dope thing to know. And um, also what's unique about you is that you're a Persian American and you're in the music industry. And that's like not a common thing, or at least I wouldn't think it is. So I'm wondering, like, is does that play into effect for you in any way? Do you meet people that share the same background as you that are in music with you? 
Um, I do. There's a very few, but every time I do, it's something that's so special and I instantly feel connected to them because just being a Persian American girl, especially, I think, number one, I was so fortunate that when I decided to pursue this, my parents were beyond supportive and excited for me, which isn't always the case. And I really, yeah, yeah, I really am so grateful. And I'm also privileged to have, you know, moved out to LA and really, um, they, you know, allowed me to take that chance and take that risk because they knew how passionate I was. And whenever I meet um, people like that in the industry, it's like, I just feel an instant connection to them because it's not easy to work in this industry, definitely not as a female. So all the people who kind of like, you know, are on that level with me, I feel like there's a mutual understanding. Like, what are are the challenges of being a female A&R? Um, that's a great question. I think, um, definitely as females, when you're in a male dominated industry, you sometimes feel like it's not your place to, to raise your voice. And maybe all the men in the room think one thing and they're all talking about how, oh, this artist is trash. And then you, you're scared like, oh, well, I think this is dope, but like, I don't want to raise my voice and maybe I'll be wrong. And I think females are more quick to do that. Um, so I've just learned like, to surround myself with people who like will allow my voice to be heard. And thankfully I've been on an all male team ever since I started and it's been so interesting. But one thing I can say I'm really grateful for is that they all allow my voice to be heard. Um, So that's been my experience, but I know that for a lot of females um, it's not that way. And it's also about making sure that you seek out other female mentors that, you know, maybe aren't on your team or don't work at your company, but, that are doing something dope at another company, connect with them, learn what their experiences are, ask them who their their mentors are and what they've learned from them. And really just, that's something I've loved to do is, is meet other females and you know really feel like we're in this together because it can be lonely and you can second guess yourself a lot and you can think that you know it's not okay to raise your voice, but that's never the case. And um, I think it's actually most important because you know maybe guys think that this song should be the hit on the album, but maybe the girl resonates with the lyrics more and she thinks that's going to be the more effective one. So I think all voices should be heard and weighed equally. And um, again, I'm really blessed to be on a team where my voice has been heard. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, a thing that people don't really think about because everyone is stepping over each other and trying to, you know, shout down on what their opinion is and that like, and make it seem like it's a fact. So no, that's a good perspective to to let people in on so that's that's what's up it's definitely not easy yeah thank you yeah it's <laughs> to shed light on so i appreciate that no yeah of course and i want to know as well where where do you see yourself five years from now oh that's always the burning question um i just want to be able to say in five years from now that i have really helped people win, um, artists, songwriters, producers, and like made a difference. And I want to say that I have, you know, A&R'd a song or album that I'm really proud of. You know, I want that to be something that I have under my belt five years from now. I hope to really develop an artist from the ground up and take them to a level where I was a big part in that process. That would be a dream of mine. Um, So I'm really you know, day by day, hoping to get there and trying to help people around me grow. But, you know, it's definitely a learning process. And I 
take full understanding that I'm a rookie in this. I'm still learning and I'm still, you know, getting to know the landscape and I by no means know it all. So I hope that in five years, I just can look back and say that I did all I could to just help other people win and, um, and really made a name for myself in the process. We're team deep over here, so I know you're going to do it. No problem, no question. So we're looking forward to that. I can't wait till you, you sign the next big artist, and I'm like, yeah, I know her. <laughs> no, so I really do believe in you, though. Thank I, you. I, well, because of people like you who lift me up and raise our voices. Nah, I mean, you got what it takes. I know you're going to be successful. It's not even a question. But um, I, I hate to cut this interview off because it was going so well. But we're winding down, and it was really a great pleasure to get you on here. And I'm so happy to do this with you. And I hope we can do this again six months from now when things are blossoming, blossoming even more for you. It was really great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to like tell my story. And, you know, I think what you guys are doing at Rap Fiesta and highlighting underground artists and, you know, even artists that are popping right now, I think it's amazing and just letting people know what's good and also creating a safe space where, where artists can talk to each other and, and learn from each other and, just, you know, giving them a platform to share their music and, and share their craft, I think is amazing. So keep doing what you're doing. Hey. I can't wait to regroup and do this again and um, keep sharing music with you. Absolutely. I appreciate it so much, Deebs. Thank you. Have a good the night. Best. Enjoy the Catholic sunshine. I'm going to be out there too. I'm going to hit you up when I'm there, probably this summer. For sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. up. Like a plan. I'll see you, Deebs. Peace. Peace. Thanks, everybody.